You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Born apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies that actors were. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and this episode is hosted by Ryan. If you are a fan of The Shy, do not go anywhere. Stay tuned because you are going to enjoy this episode. And listen, it's probably an episode made just for you. We are proud to present to you two amazing guests to talk about The Shy and their characters. Hosted by Ryan, of course, because she is a huge fan of the series. We have actors, Nia Gervier and Lorette Giselle to join us. So in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Nia Gervier and Lorette Giselle of The Shy. Welcome to the Black Girl Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and you guys, The Shy is back. In case you didn't know, as the part of recording this episode, or by the time we're recording this episode, about maybe six episodes in, so... If you're not ready for it, you got to get caught up, you guys, because you guys already know I'm a fan, and I'm so excited. I finally get to start bringing you some cast interviews um, in some of these podcast episodes, so this is going to be super cool. So for this one starting off, I'm excited because we get to bring a little bit of like that dear white people, you know, vibe to the shy. (laughs) Um, You know, I know you guys remember Kelsey. You can hear her laughing in the background. I know you guys remember Kelsey, right? So this is like Kelsey 2.0, if you will, right? Uh, we got this new kind of mysterious character in Tierra coming in here for season five of The Shy. And, um, you know, we don't have Kelsey and we don't have Tierra without this fabulous, talented actress that I'm so excited to talk to, Nia Gervier. How you doing, Nia? How you, what's going on? I am so good. Um, what's going on is everything's good. No complaints. Oh, that's good. Listen, with this <laughs> going on, you got to have no complaints, right? So that's, that's no complaints. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, I'm so excited to have time to talk with you. As you could probably already tell, I'm way too into the shy here, way too much of a fan. Um, where I was so excited to talk to you when I saw Tierra get into the screen, I was like, oh my gosh. But you know, I gotta start with where's the sorbet <laughs> version up for Tierra though? Oh my gosh. It Tierra definitely seems like she would be a dog person for for <laughs> sure. But um, I loved you comparing her to Kelsey because I feel like she would eat Kelsey alive. Yeah, yeah. And I want to ask you, speaking of that, though, really, though, um, because what I love about like, you know, seeing you in the shy and just becoming a fan of you now seeing you in the in, um, I'm sorry, not seeing you in the shy, seeing you in Dear White People, then seeing you in the shy and becoming a fan. Um, what was it when you pick these? I'm not sure if these characters pick you or if it's just like divine, you know, intervention or something. But you so well play this mysterious character that maybe seems like she's a little naive, right? But then she got <laughs> all the skeletons in the closet, like she know everything that's going on. So how I'm curious, like, do, is this these roles kind of find you, or do you kind of pick them out? Like, are you just like, oh, I gravitate towards that character? Um, on a spiritual level and on an artistic level, I think all characters find the actor so I definitely Mm -hmm. believe that um that somehow like 
myself and the character were magnetized to each other. But another thing is, is that um, I tend to, or characters that are like in this bougie black sort of um, <laughs> feel, tend yeah. to walk their way toward me. And because I am such a chocolate girl, I love being able to be the vessel to showcase that because so often they're like the Hillary's or the Whitley's. Mm -hmm. And I think that my sensibilities fit those characters and being a dark skinned black woman, um, I think it's important to showcase that like, we are not a monolith, a monolith, and we come in lots of different colors and flavors within our blackness. So I enjoy showcasing women like that, that are like, um, I guess that come in a package that most people would think was unexpected. Oh yeah, you do that so well. I just love it. You guys, like, I there's not enough detail about Tierra, and I love that too. Like starting this out, <laughs> like all we know is like, listen, let me tell y'all something. Duda is back, and I was like, why? Cause I was like, Mayor Otis Perry, he doesn't need like any help. He got these like little, he's like a playing a little chess game, right? Like he always got these little pieces he can bring in and kind of mess up with people. You never know what's going down. But um, Nia, what was like, what's your first impression of, of Tierra? We talked about it a little bit, but what did you think? Like seeing the script? Um, I think it's so cool. You worked with Lena Waithe before in twenties and all that kind of stuff. What was like yes. your first impression? Um, well, I just like you, I didn't know very much because we don't get to know everything. We get to know Ooh, each yeah. week what's happening with our character. So I was filled in a bit, but I didn't fully know until the end of the season. Um, so I found her to be just as mysterious as you did. Um, and I definitely could tell that something was up her sleeve, although I never quite knew what, and, um, I will not be letting you guys know what that what is today either. You'll have to tune in to find out. I tried guys. I tried. <laughs> See, that was my ditch effort. I tried. You know what I'm saying? But, um, <laughs> she definitely wants the most for herself. And I think that there's also a magic about her that helps bring out the best in others. So I think that, um, when she sees opportunity, she places herself in a position to help others and help herself at the same time. Oh yeah, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. She's working, she's working the angle, you guys. And if you can work <laughs> in politics, you know you know some stuff. And you know, speaking of which, like we talked about dude, um, you know, Mayor Otis Perry, maybe former, because you know, you guys know some stuff went down with him going in from season four to season five. Yeah, uh, when he popped back up. But what is it like for you, Nia, working with Curtis Cook? Like he, I just feel like people are going down the street calling him Duda by now because he just plays his character so well. Where it's like you want to punch him sometimes, and other times it's like you know the characters need him to come back. You know, especially when it comes to the politics here in the shy. He is such a strong actor, and um, my background is in theater, and so within moments of meeting him, I could tell that his was too, which now that I know him better, I know that he's done so much theater and Broadway and he's like on three different shows right now. He is so talented and so strong and his work is very grounded. It's one of those um, feelings like when you know you're working with other actors that are uh, like really rooted in their craft, it almost feels like a masterclass. So mm. my first day on set, actually, I worked with him and Luke James on the same day and it was really great. It was, um, I felt right at home 
And um, yeah, he is wonderful. Like every single moment, his choices are so delicate and sophisticated. Um, Curtis is a great actor to work with. And I also love the feeling that you have this, like um, even you chatting about the shy, there is this cult following that the shy has that I haven't really experienced before. And so everybody that watches it sort of dives in in this way, like it's their neighbor or some like that you guys are friends with every single character. They all went to your high school. I don't know. So I'm getting that feeling talking to you and I like it. It's fun. Yeah, listen, you better get ready because you're going to be in this world now, especially <laughs> like you got Trig. Like now he's Victor, you guys. I was like, what? I was like, she's like, the, he's got the suits and the coats and everything like that. Because, you know, it's been revealed so far, not to spoil too much for you guys, by the way. But like I'm saying, there's six episodes out, you guys. Go get your, your Showtime app and everything and check this out. But um, there is this, um, you know, now that he's Victor and there's this thing going on with Tierra where she's like reshaping him and reforming him and everything. So I'm curious because, you know, it's all about the image. If they have to like, where do you think they would go on like their pretend date? I'm just throwing that out there because I know you can't give me a lot about what's going to go down with with Victor and, uh, and Tierra. Oh, wow. I feel like where would they go? I feel like Tierra would request like, I don't know, an evening at the opera and a seafood dinner. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And he would be so like, what is happening right now? But I see, I feel like which, what I feel like people are going to love. And if you guys haven't checked this out, if you watch like uh, Victor and Tierra um, and uh, and Nia and Luke do this so well on screen together playing, there's like this, he doesn't want to so badly. Like he so badly wants to be like, get out of my face. I don't want to do this. But Tierra has this pull on him. I think it's going to be so cool for the season. Yeah, I think I think Victor, I think Trigg is enjoying Vic, his transformation into Victor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, more than he's letting on. So we'll see. Yeah, I like that. Did you now did you like do you like kind of getting to the into the political sphere here? Like trying to, you know, like sculpt the speeches and and, you know, worry about like, you know, what the community thinks and how you form the community and, and opinions. And, you know, how did you kind of do your research for that? I loved it. Um, I sort of plucked from like um I felt like Tierra maybe her her way of doing this would be somewhere between like her goal to be a Michelle Obama and maybe mm, yeah. like but um she has like <laughs> social media sort of um goals for herself so I sort of placed it somewhere between Michelle Obama and like a Lori Harvey if that mm -hmm. makes any sense Oh, it but, definitely yeah. does. That's totally her. Because she's like ready for that pose. I'm like, how does she know the perfect like moment every time? And sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, she is not trying to get to take a selfie right now. But it fits like if you get in that in that political world, it's like she knows all the ins and outs of, you know, like what corner of the building you have to be on. You can't yes. say that you know she's reminding him like you better open this door I've been not tell you twice because people she are looking, is very strategic you know? and coaching him at every minute, even when he thinks it's just a casual moment there's something calculated that she has going on. It's really fun. Yeah, I'm, you look like you're having a good time and we're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I can't wait to see, like, I'm getting off this subject because I know I will definitely spoil <laughs> something. Um, oh, no, I know I know one thing, though, I'm going to try to ask to see if you could tease it for us. Um, and I'm not going to tell you guys anything, but we know Candy, Candy Burris is always in, in, the, in the mix here. Uh, Perry's <laughs> wife, when it comes to this to this thing right here. So I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say, you guys, there is something going on here. There's part of the mystery. And I just want to see if Nia will give us like some kind of tease word or something. There's something we cannot figure out because you get a glimpse. If you watch the first couple of episodes, you get a glimpse of something. It's never explained because we know how Lena Waite does this world. We're never going to know. You're not going to see it coming. So can you, Nia, or can you just, or you just have to give us a laugh. Can you tell uh, us any kind of tease I word? I think 
I think the glimpse that you see tells it all. So I think people can just ooh, put it together. Ooh, okay. You'll okay. Well, you keep watching see? to see, but Tierra sort of dibbles and dabbles in a bit of everything. Ooh, yeah, you guys. I'm like, like she is professional right now. You guys, she's giving you all the teases. <laughs> if you have not seen this, this episode, like these episodes, guys, like it's insane. I'm on the edge of my seat. This show gets me every time because I like the characters cannot take enough. It's like ride or die. Like every episode, you never know. Like you think their world is calm and it just shakes it up. So I just love Lena, the cast and crew for this. Um, so dope. But okay. So as I'm kind of ending here, because like I said, I got to get off this before I get myself in trouble. Um, <laughs> you can't believe everything you read, uh, Nia, but I thought this was so cool. I'm hoping this is true. Do you do interior decorating? And also mm-hmm. I saw like production designer for uh, Hello Cupid. Oh yeah. That's so funny. So um, I do do interior design. I have a boutique interior design company that I don't advertise at all. But if people come my way and or they have a relationship with someone that I love or I feel inspired by their space, I will work on it. And it's something that I really love because I think um, the way we feel in our homes is super important. I think it's Oprah that says like your home should rise up to meet you. So that is what I do. I sort of kick the person out for two weeks and completely redo the spaces that we've committed to working on. And then I invite them back when it's done. Oh, that is so cool. Like, what's the hardest, like, what's the hardest house or hardest house, hardest part of the house to, to design? Um, ooh, I think, wow, I think the thing that people are most concerned about are like their living and dining room because that's where mm-hmm. they invite guests. Yeah. And I think that when someone shares a house with somebody else, if it's a couple and they both want to be heard and they both want their tastes to be explored, that's usually the most um. I think the client thinks that's the most difficult, but I think that when they come back and see that both voices are heard and everyone's um, tastes and like feelings are expressed within the body of the space, they're happily surprised. So that's maybe the toughest and my and the thing I like to do the most. Would you ever like to transform that more into production? Because, you know, usually you hear actors, you know, they're going to go from like directing, yeah. they might do some writing because they've been doing it so long. Did you, would you ever want to do something like that? Because I think that's so cool. You never hear actors talking about that kind of stuff, but you guys are like on set all day. Yeah, I don't think I would ever do production design. Mm. Um, I did do it for Hello Cupid because Lena and Ashley Blaine Featherson, they created that show together years ago and they're my best friends. So they asked me to do it and I did it for that. And that was the one and only time I've ever, ever done it for production, which... I also think doing it for production is a different beast. It's like wardrobe styling for a show is so different than styling for an event. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But um, the production design when I get to set is something that I love, but I don't know if I see myself doing it necessarily. Oh, well, look, I'm just, I'm just like in a Marvel right it's now. It's a good one-stop shop. Right. You know, for like politics, you design the rooms. I just, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what else you got coming up next. Cause I just, I'm loving all the tips you're throwing our way right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, what do I have coming up next? That also, I can't talk about yet, but keep your eyes peeled. And I'm trying to think I'm of gonna, anything else. I'm going to have you back just so you can keep teasing. Because I, I just would. I just like this. I, I I think you're you're really good at this. And you have like that. See, she's still throwing the Tierra mystery voice at you guys too. Like anybody noticing this right now? <laughs> oh, so funny. Um oh, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear oh, you. Did you have anything else you want to add? Oh no, I no. got you. I still got you. 
I think we've chatted about it all. If you have any more questions about the shy, I'd love to chat about that. Or um, No, you guys, listen, I got to stop. They already know I'm going to get myself in trouble. So I'm just going <laughs> to stop it right now. So you guys go check it out so I don't spoil anything. Nia, thank you so much. It's been a blast talking to you. Thank you for having me. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And you know, it's something to be said about trying to mix love and politics. You know what the world is going on today. But, you know, I'm happy to get into it. The Shy is happy to get into it because you guys know I'm going to keep bringing you Shy interviews until it ends because I'm just that big of a fan. And I'm so excited to have the guest with me, the guest I have with me today because anybody that challenges Trig, aka Victor now, because, you know, he's reformed off the streets. I like, I got to have on here. Because, uh, you know, we sometimes I think Trick think he got it all figured out. So we need somebody to challenge him a little bit. But I'm talking about the talented Lorraine Giselle. How you doing, Lorraine? I'm wonderful. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. You know, Fatima, y'all, on the episode. I'm so excited <laughs> about this. So, Lorraine, tell me, like, when? how did you get approached about Fatima? Do you feel like this character kind of found you? Honestly, it came at the perfect time. I literally was going through so much. Um at the, at the moment, at the time when um, Fatima came across my my lap and um, she challenges me because a lot of the things, like Fatima is so uncompromising of who she is. She, like you said, is holding Victor to account. And I'm be honest, like in my life, I'm not really, I haven't been like that. <laughs> I've been very <laughs> meek and timid and scared just because, you know, we, we um, as trans people kind of internalize this idea that we can't be ourselves, that we can't show up as our full selves, that we have to accept scraps. Um, and Fatima was just a challenge um, of that that narrative for me to tell me like, girl, that's not that's not good enough. Like you need <laughs> to, you deserve more, you deserve better, you deserve love, you deserve humanity um, and to step into your authenticity. So yeah, she came at the right time. Yeah, and I love, but that's what I love about the shot too. And just anytime you get that moment, that spotlight to show some kind of diversity, something mm -hmm. different, that's just not, oh, we're doing the same thing on and over again. And, <laughs> and, you know, just like, just the respect that Fatima um, wants, you know, and deserves and that she calls out, um, you know, Victor at every single moment. Um, one of the scenes that I remember um, I always tell you guys, I know you better be watching the shot and getting caught up on season five because, you know, the season finale is coming up soon, right? You better be. Um, we about like, you know, seven, eight episodes in and people are catching up. But I remember one of the first couple episodes when Fatima steps on the scene and she kind of puts this new light on journalism as well. But mm -hmm. she she pops up and she's like, and she's called Victor out about Amani. And we're like, whoa, I like they came out of left field. Yeah. Um, and you know, like that the the power couple they were, you know, from um, previous seasons. And I'm curious for you talking about, you know, being a transgender actress, what was that moment like for you? Like what popped into your head going through that scene? Mm -hmm. I think the the one thing is like we're cis like the girls trans women we're all mm -hmm. it's a sisterhood we know what's going on so I and <laughs> I've lived in Chicago for a bit so I know okay that there's a connection like we know each other I'm not gonna I can't live in Chicago Fatima can't live in Chicago and not know who Imani is not know what was going on um and I think that there's a uh, I I love that moment right where it's like hey Victor like you can't ignore and, and erase the fact that Imani created this, that mm -hmm. this is Imani's legacy, um, that this started. And you are also very reticent and, and apprehensive about even doing Trinity House in the first place. Fatima knows what she's doing, you know what I'm saying? So she <laughs> held him to account and was just like, you know, can you publicly affirm and, and, and um, 
validate Amani's work and her legacy and not just like erase and take control of all the work that she's put in, which, you know, historically happens like trans people are behind a lot of this movement work, um, mm-hmm. behind a lot of uh, community organizing efforts and are usually invisibilized. And I think that was a beautiful moment to say like, uh-uh, we're not just going to move on and pretend like she didn't do this work. We're going to actually call her out um, and give her her flowers and speak her name. Yeah, I love that. I was just shocked. I sat back in my seat. I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, okay. So, and you didn't know where it was going to go. Um, Tell me too about working with Luke James and you guys, I feel play so well on screen together um, yeah. because there's always this mystery. You never know if a team will want to take them out or if it's <laughs> like, like physically take them out because it's like, he's doing some things. I'm like, oh God, here we go. Yeah. But, you know, or just like they have this, you know, this commonality where it's like you could make serious change here. Right. Honestly, like, OK, so <laughs> I have been a fan of Luke since 2011 when he came mm-hmm. out with his first mixtape. So when I was <laughs> preparing myself, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, was, I was definitely scared. I was nervous. Um, I didn't want to show him that. You know, I didn't want him to be like, oh, you know, I'm I'm just that guy. You, know, you weren't getting that from me. But um I didn't have to because he was just so humble, so kind, so sweet, um, and so generous as a scene partner. And I think the reason why there's like connection and um, some type of like the you can feel the fire um, is because uh, there was we created a safe space. Like he made it very safe for me to be able to figure these things out, um, figure out how Fatima would exist, how she shows up, um, and he had done the work himself to come and be vulnerable and open. Um, And so it had been a beautiful collaborative process and uh, I'm grateful to have been able to work with them. Yeah, we didn't see a drop of fear on Fatima. And I think fans are just going to love that. You know, people that want to see that that representation on screen, they don't get to see that, you know, and you're you're always nervous. Like when you lose a character, you're like, well, will they bring it back? Will they do it different? So yeah, Fatima, Fatima is a good time. How was that though? Like, have you got any kind of feedback though from joining like the Shy family? How's that been? Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> everyone has their thoughts, their feelings. Um, yeah, about, I think that, uh, for me, I'm just grateful that dialogue is happening and mm-hmm. I'm grateful that dialogue is happening around a trans character that exists in a universe where transness is not seen often, um, or where trans, where, uh, trans people aren't like Fatima's just so resolute in who she is and so uncompromising who she is. And like, yeah, we're always gonna talk about it. We're always gonna talk about it because there's nothing wrong and there's no shame in her being who she is. Um, and so like, I, yeah, people may feel uncomfortable and that is my work as a cultural worker. I want you to feel discomfort. I want you to be introspective. I want you to examine why you have this fear or have this reticence, this apprehension, this this uh, anger, and for us to have dialogue and conversation about it. Because at the end of the day, we all deserve humanity and dignity and intimacy and love and connection and affirmation. Yeah, I love that. Feel uncomfortable. You know, mm-hmm. some people got to somebody do that for a little bit. You know, some days now we're just feel uncomfortable for a little bit because you got to learn this. My purpose so, yeah. is, not to, is not for anyone else's comfort, but my own. So I have to think about that as we're going through. Not, you know, yes, a lot of stuff will hurt, you know, hurts, but it's just part of the process. Listen, you better say it. Y'all better be taking notes. Just making <laughs> sure everybody taking notes, you know, just in case. 
Um, <laughs> but you know, it's not just about, um, you know, um, well, it is, it's, it's the awareness too of, of transgender community, transgender women, but mm-hmm. also I love what you did as far as like being a journalist. Mm-hmm. I felt like, um, what kind of research did you do as far as that? And, um, did you ever feel like, I guess, kind of being on a different side of it right now, you know, maybe what was a journalist too much in people's business these days? Has it flipped the coin or was it like just enough to be like, okay, he's trying to put on this front. I know something's going down. So mm-hmm. let me, let me call him out. Yeah. I leaned onto, so I did a lot of, uh, I was a communications manager in Chicago for BYP 100 for a few years. And so I worked with a lot of journalists and reporters at that time. Um, And there's always a love, there was a love-hate relationship with journalists um, (laughs) because they do hold politicians' feet to the fire. They do expose a lot of the things, but they also can, you know, the trauma porn and things of that nature. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I I leaned on that experience and understanding. I did research on like, you know, uh, schools that journalists go to in Chicago and understanding the unique political landscape of Chicago was really important for me um, and making a choice and decision for myself that Fatima um, is the type of journalist that, you know, especially because she loves her people, loves black people, um, doesn't necessarily trust politicians, um, doesn't necessarily trust the institution itself, um, and that her due diligence, the work that she does, is to make sure that she's exposing truth and honesty at all times. Um, and so she, that was like when she's talking to to Victor, um, no question, she's going to do that. Uh, and she has a, um, a duty to do that. And now, yeah, she does falter. And she does make mistakes because there are a lot of stuff that you're like, well, should a journalist be sleeping with? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> but we're human. We're flawed. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, that was very important for me, though, to have to make a choice to say, like, OK, I don't trust politicians. I don't trust the machine. I don't think that this system works for black people, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that that is why Fatima does the work that she does. Yeah. And I'm and I'm curious, too. Um, what do you uh what do you see happening between because not only is Fatima now stepping up and you know getting Victor on him point here because he got the suits and everything, but you also you gotta get the talk right, right? You can't just be walking around um, you know, like you can get away with anything, which I like I always say, I love that Fatima calls him out on this. But there's also Tierra mm-hmm. that's like backing up on the other side where she's like, no, she she got the front game down good when it comes to politics. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious for you, what do you think like uh Fatima Tierra like sit down would look like? Like what would you think that would look like? Cause they they keep avoiding each other. They keep the like. I feel like one comes in the scene, the other one goes out. Yeah, you know, that's something I've thought about a lot. It's like, what would that run in be? Um, and I don't know if you know. Who knows if they do have a run in at any point? Um, I think Fatima. So, Fatima is the type of character where, and I don't know if you notice, she's not pressing Victor so hard, like. Fatima has has to ride an interesting line where it's because the conversations that she's having with Victor are also are about herself, but also about Victor's liberation. Like, Mm -hmm. Victor, you're going down a path where you are going to be eternally shackled. Like, you are not going to be happy and free at all. And so, like, how do I tell him like that? And you're hurting me in the process and disrespecting me. How do, how do, how does Fatima articulate that in a way to give him a sense of urgency, right? But also be like, but I feel you, I get you, I understand, I know all the things that you're going through, and I don't want to push too hard, and you stop the process altogether. And so, like, I think Fatima understands, you know, Tierra, 
the role that she's playing. Fatima understands what Victor is doing. She gets it, right? But it's like, golly, in the cycle. So I don't think <laughs> Fatima, ha I don't think she has like necessarily any um, ill will against Tierra per right, se. Right, yeah. But just like, um, yeah, just it's just like, y'all, this rouses, this, come on now, like, even, and you've seen Tierra, Tierra also is living a lot. So like all of y'all, yeah, right, yeah. why? <laughs> Free yourselves, release <laughs> The team is just like, stop lying. She need to put stop that on the shirt. Be yourself, be yourself. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, can't, I always think about that on my head though. Like that would be so interesting just to mm -hmm. see them both have it. Cause you, like you said, you have a team in there that's just like, you know, she's not going to lie to her. You know, she's not going to lie. She wants to live in her truth. Mm -hmm. You know, she deserves that respect. But then you have Tierra who knows how to work that political game. You know, Mayor uh, Mayor Duda coming up in there. You know, he got the lies coming in. It's going to have to be, you know, it's hardcore when you talk about Otis. So Tierra's coming from that background. Yeah. So it's going to be so interesting, you know, if they ever get that that scene. Like, I'll be on the edge of my seat. That's going to be an interesting, mm -hmm. interesting thing if that ever happens. But um, speaking of scenes, though, what is your favorite um, Fatima Victor scene thus far? Favorite Fatima Victor scene? Yeah. Or what was the most, or maybe you can get the most challenging. If it's not favorite, like most challenging thing you got to do. Um, honestly, my favorite one was the car scene. I watched that often. Um, mm -hmm. but in the car, they're having a conversation, um, where, you know, he's telling her, like, basically he's laying out the foundation. Like, I know Fatima's like, I know you miss Imani. How's right. it feel? And then there's that connection where it's like, we're both lonely. We're both lonely, we're both sad, we both desire love and connection and intimacy. And he's saying, he's articulating to Fatima like, I just have all this other stuff going on, you get it. And like, I think people are missed, like they they see each other, they get it. They're there with each other. And then yeah. to share that kiss, um, you can see that there's a, a longing, a passion. Um, and the, the music playing in the back, it just was all, it just all was, uh, I think that scene is just very beautiful and articulates um, a really beautiful balance of um, what it means to be in a relationship where people don't necessarily want to see it happen, but you desire and love each other so much, you want that connection. Um, and you can see that authentic, true relationship. That was beautiful for me. Yeah, yeah. When I saw when that kiss happened, I was like, "Woo, he in trouble." <laughs> but it's just like you know, it and it's like you said in this season, um, it's it's just so dope and cool because it's so many different aspects about love. I feel, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's bringing out so many different layers, so many different lights. I know people are like, "Oh, well, I can see myself in Fatima. No, I'm Tierra. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just just uh, you know, no, I'm Tiff. Like just all these women." you know, are, are in so many different situations and having to deal with like these outside influences on their love. So I just love the way the season five is going, um, um, you know, for these characters. What I'm curious what you want people to take, you know, as we're kind of getting the, the last final episode, I'm so sad. I don't want to end. Like, I'm like, man, can we get like 10 more? But, you know, you guys got to take a break, you know, and rest a little bit. But I'm like, what, um, you know, what do you want people to take away from your character? And I know as well, um, you know, you do a lot of activism. I know you like the, the co-founder of the New Orleans chapter uh, for trans women, a, a color collective. So what are you hoping people take away from Fatima? Like as you guys kind of wrap everything up. So this makes me go back to your last question about the one of the most interesting moments too, the diner scene. Mm -hmm. um, I revisit that often because I think that that's, that really articulates what I want people to take from this. Um, 
a lot of people are like confused or frustrated by the back and forth between Fatima and Victor. And look, Fatima is too, she's over it. And I think <laughs> what people need to understand is that we still live in a society where people can be exposed, quote unquote, for engaging with trans women. Yeah. And that implies that trans women are abominations, are something to be ashamed of or embarrassed by, that we are less than human. Um, and because of that, um, when we talk about like men who are attracted to trans women, um, we have to talk about the dual reality of the, the um, injustice that trans women go through, but also the mental shackles that people attracted to trans people endure because of the, you know, how we're socialized, et cetera. And so the conversation that they were having when, when Trick says trans women are women, right? And like, what does that make me? Like, what's my sexuality? Um, I think the, the things I want people to take away from this dynamic is that, um, you know, we should not have to do mental gymnastics to validate people and validate love. So mm -hmm. the statement trans women are women is powerful, right? And it's very affirming and validating, but it is a double-edged sword where people attracted to trans people do mental gymnastics and say, well, I like this person in spite of her transness. I like her because all of these things remind me of a cis woman or remind me of womanhood. And what does it mean for us to be able to just full stop say, I love this woman. I love this person and she's trans. Um, instead of trying to substantiate why she should be validated and affirmed. And I think the second thing is outside of relationships, dynamics. I feel like Fatima and Victor's dynamic is really indicative of um, Black men mentally struggling. And we're not, not even just talking about sexuality. What does it look like for you to actually make a choice about how you want to show up in the world and what makes you happy instead of being beholden to the constraints of society and how people expect you to show up in the world? Um, and Fatima is like that guiding force to be like, wake up and free yourself live in your truth and shift culture because we can all be affirmed and validated as our authentic selves and not have to put on these performances to make other people comfortable. And yeah, and that is so true. It's so powerful because yeah, you do see the struggle. Um, I still always want to call him Trig, even though we now with Victor, right. um, because you just think about the season that he comes that um, you know, that Trig has been through that that's um, and you just think about everything that he's he's gone through. And like you said, it's very much too a story about black men. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what they're facing and what they're willing to confront. You know, do they feel ashamed if they say this? Is this a truth they have to reveal? You know, it's a lot of choices that you have to make. You know, especially when you talk about politics, especially when we're talking about, okay, I want to represent this community. What, what does all that entail? You know, mm -hmm. can you just take a couple pictures or whatever and everybody's cool with it? Right. You know, like, what is that? Like, what is that, um, that representation that showing up mean? And so, look, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what Fatima and um, Victor turn out to either. be. I, I hope, hope Victor get it together because he wearing me. He making me nervous. He's making me mad too. So I, feel, <laughs> I hope he gets it together as well. And um, yeah, I, I yeah, um, the way you the the summary you just made was beautiful. And just to to harp on the point that I don't want people to just see this as a sexuality or gender thing. That right. like all of our suffering is interconnected, and that it is about autonomy and choice and authenticity. You know.
Yeah, and you know what? I, another choice you better make. You better be watching the shot. I'm gonna say it one more time. You better, you better be watching. <laughs> it's like eight episodes out. Watch it right now, guys. Don't be playing, okay? Showtime, get it out. Watch it. <laughs> um. So, but I'm gonna change uh, gears real quick here, um, Lorraine. Before we uh, sign off here, I heard you are a fan of uh, fiction novels. Is that I true? I love reading fiction novels. Yes. So you got to tell me, I know you've been busy because, you know, you stay busy. I know about the 4400 and 911 and all that, you know, back before. So you stay busy. But I just want to know, have you had time to read anything these days you could share? Oh, you know, <laughs> I, be, I I try to make sure I, I read every day. Um, I try to do 50 pages a day. You know, <laughs> 50 pages. But oh, my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. I do like <laughs> audio books and stuff. 50 pages. Oh, my gosh. Just because, you know, I was in um, one of my acting teachers, like, let us know that like reading books really stretches your imagination and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in a different way so i see it as part of my discipline part of my training um right now i'm reading this book by david nichols called one day um it was actually a movie um and it's it's good it's good <laughs> um yeah it's, it's it's a decent it's a decent book but I, the book that i just finished um it's where is it where is it oh my gosh no i can't remember it um Oh my god, you got me stressed out. <laughs> oh no, we just stressed it out. Oh my god. See, you can't stress out more than me because I do audiobooks. See, you're trying to do something, you're trying to accomplish something here. So you can't be stressed out more than me. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I read a lot, so I'm gonna just say that. Hey, uh, okay, we take it, we take it. One day y'all put that on the list. Yeah, yeah, Jesse has this book called Homegoing. Okay. Literally phenomenal story about like ancestral lineage. And um it's like a it's a fiction about uh, two sisters who were separated from the motherland. One, well, separated. One stayed at in Africa, and one went overseas. And it just shows the journey of the generations afterward. Um, just beautiful. It makes you really introspective and think about your own history and lineage. So, yeah. Hey, I love it. I love it. Encourage us all to read. You know, you can do the audiobooks too. I ain't trying to change all the audiobooks as long as you're reading and getting your information. Just it's just oh. important. And you don't have to. It doesn't have to be like a non. You can read stuff for fun. It can be fantastical um yeah just children of blood and bone is like this fantastical novel that i read years mm. ago love it so you can just read for fun just have fun i just want every i just want us all to um to you know get into that i i'm part of this club called book of the month that i think Ooh, people okay. do and you get a book a month and you have a whole month to read a book you know so see, look, I need to get myself together. <laughs> I, I, I need I, that would be so great to just pick up a book a month and get, you know, yeah. and get off of like, like Twitter, Instagram, you know, taking the social media because, you know, we real quick to check the phone, but nobody's picking up the book <laughs> that much. But, you know, we need to start doing we got to we got to step it up. Y'all can step it up with me. You can step it up. Look, if you got a book that's 300 pages and you have 30 days, that's what, 10 pages a day. Come on, you could do it. I, listen, Fatima done told y'all, so I get it together. I'm just saying, <laughs> that's why it's out there now. <laughs> Lorray, you are so much fun. Thank you. This has been Thank fun. Thank you. I had a great time. I feel so comfortable. Thank you so much for making this such a safe and beautiful space. And I hope you come back because I'm already just anticipating that it's a, it's a it's a Fatima, uh, you know, Victor situation. So I'm already putting that out there. So I'm, I'm <laughs> anticipating you coming back to talk to me. <laughs> I'm always down open to talk to you again. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Brodnax and Ryan Bennett. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. 
You can find episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify. 